You've heard the phrase, old habits die hard, and it doesn't take long for bad habits to turn into addictions. The longer you do something, the more ingrained it becomes and the harder it is to change. Yet change is possible, but the question is, how? Let's find out. Hello friends, welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. I'm Timothy Gregory bringing you the story of a man whose bad decisions and addiction stacked up so high, they caved in on him. But we'll see just who could dig him out in today's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Let's get to it, folks. The classic true story of Brady Evans. Girls, is that you? Yes, Mama. We're home from school. I have bad news. What, Mama? The doctor says my blindness is permanent. There's nothing he can do. Oh, Mama. I'm already half paralyzed, and now this. What are we going to do, Mama? I don't know. First we lose your daddy, and now we lost my ability to work. We can work, Mama. Me and Hazel can quit school and work in the mill. Oh, I sure hate to see you do that. <sighs> but I don't see any other way. father is the important foundation in any child's character, and the man in our story lost his when he was two years old. This is the telling of what went wrong after that, and how his life was made right. It's the classic true testimony of Brady Evans, right now on Unshackled. Mama went blind when I was just four years old. We lived in LaGrange, Georgia, where my older sister supported the family by working in the textile mill. Mama was a Christian, a praying woman, but she couldn't do much to keep track of me. Brady, where are you? You come here right now. I want to know where you are and what you're doing, Brady. I didn't get into any real trouble growing up, but without a father, I was ripe for trouble when it came. I was 17 when Pearl Harbor jolted the country into war. A month later, I joined the Navy and they assigned me to a cargo and transport ship where discipline was more lax than it was aboard a warship. Some of the sailors had drunken parties, even at sea. But I, was yeah, I wouldn't either, huh? Look at that box over there. Yeah, yeah. Hey, guys, guys! What? Cool it, will ya? Somebody's pounding on the bulkhead. Yeah, well, maybe oh. it's Red, huh? You think he found something to drink? Oh, I bet he did. <laughs> I don't I'm see how. We already been through the whole cargo. They mean to drop a booze in a hold. So, if anybody can find liquor, it's Red. Let the guy in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let this guy. Okay, okay, I'll let him in. What kept you guys? We thought you might be an officer. Got anything to drink? Said I would, didn't I? That don't mean nothing. You say a lot of things. Yeah, maybe I'll drink your share then. <laughs> My share of what? 
Torpedo juice? Oh, torpedo juice. <laughs> you got no imagination. Oh, yeah, right. Then I suppose it's the captain's private stash? Oh, no, not exactly. This stuff comes from the greatest boxer in the world. You're nuts, Red. No, I mean it. This guy will box anybody. Anybody at all. Yeah? Who's that? The Undertaker. <laughs> He'll box anybody. <laughs> Come on, get it? No, <laughs> joker. What's whiskey got to do with The Undertaker? Who said anything about whiskey? This stuff is embalming fluid. Oh. Embalming fluid? <laughs> yeah. Embalming fluid. Now drop dead. Oh, <laughs> come on. You're real stiff. <laughs> One sip of that stuff was enough for me. But some of the sailors poured down embalming fluid as if it was fit to drink. And they became crazy drunks. Wild men. When the ship's officers found out about it, they held a summary court-martial. Not the first for me, and not the last. When we pilfered 19 bottles of brandy from the cargo hold and staged a big drunk in the ship's barber shop, the captain put the whole crew under restriction. Some of the guys are really mad at us. The ones that don't drink. Can't say I blame them. Being on restriction stinks. Now me? I deserve it. I deserved every court-martial. How many you had, Brady? First two for going AWOL. You know about the last one for drinking aboard ship. If you call that drinking, yuck. Now this. It ain't really fair to the other guys being put on restriction when we're the ones that drank the brandy. You want to confess and put an end to it? I will if you will. Sure. Why not? What can they do to us? Throw us overboard? Me? I got nothing to lose. As a part of our punishment for confessing, that sailor and I were ordered to stand guard over the cargo that was stored in the empty brig. There were no prisoners, just a lot of cardboard cases behind bars. We took turns, four hours on and four hours off for a week. Anybody try to break into the brig the last four hours? Nope. Most guys try to break out of the brig, not break in. Seems dumb to me, us guarding empty brig. Who wants to be in there? Listen, Georgia boy. I'd like to be inside there for a couple of hours. Why? You know what's in those cases? Gold. Liquid gold. Beer. That's what we're guarding. A brig full of beer. You're kidding. The captain's a joker, ain't he? We steal the brandy, so he puts us to work guarding the beer. You think we can get our hands on some of that stuff? Sure. I already did. You can reach through the bars and open a case. You can even reach down and pull up the bottles. Then what are we waiting for? You can't get the bottles out between the bars. They're too big. And you can't squeeze glass. Man, that close and no beer. Listen, next time we change watches, we'll have all the beer we want. How? Wait and see. Watch this. Now I got the bottle up, and I reach through with my other hand and open it. You hold the tin cup right next to the bars, and I'll pour. <laughs> Man, this is great. Wait till the guys hear about this. Swill it down, and I'll pour some more. When the bottle's empty, I'll put the cap back on and shove it back down in the case. Leaving no evidence. Will they be surprised? 
We might have emptied every case within reach, except that the officers discovered our trickery. My fourth and final court-martial for cargo pilfering led to a bad conduct discharge in 1944. Although jobs were plentiful back in the States, I had a tough time. Uh, yes, indeed. The sign outside is right. Mm -hmm. We're hiring every day. I could sure use a job. And how do you stand with the draft board? I won't be drafted. How do you know? I've already been in the service. What branch? Navy. Hmm. How come you're a civilian with a war still going on? It's a long story. Got your discharge papers? Yeah. Let me see them. All right. Here. Hmm. Sorry, Evans, can't use you. But you said... That we're hiring? Yeah, we are. But we don't have jobs for men with that kind of discharge. That's the rule here, and I can't change it. A few places needed help badly enough to hire me in spite of my discharge. But I didn't stick with any of them more than six or eight months. I blamed everybody but myself. For a while, I hung around home, but I was just spinning my wheels, going nowhere. You gonna look for work today, Brady? What's the use? Nobody will hire me. Have you prayed about it? No. I pray for you, son. Thanks, Mom. Jesus loves you. You need to trust in the Lord. How can you, of all people, believe that? First God takes my dad, then you go blind and can't work, you're half paralyzed, and you call that love? Why doesn't he help you? Why doesn't he help me? God has purposes we can't understand, Brady. Someday we will. In heaven. If you ever get there. Meanwhile, we muddle around. Son, all you have to do is ask God to help you. He will. God was not a part of my life. I kept trying to find some angle, some trick that would get me an easy life without having to work. But my mind was never at ease. Underneath, I was nervous and scared. I knew I had to leave home, and that meant saying goodbye to my mother. What's the matter, son? How'd you know it was me, Mama? <laughs> you think I don't know my own boy's footsteps, Brady? A person blind all these years learns to see with their ears. What's bothering you, son? Nothing, Mama. I, I feel fine. Brady? How can you tell? I can hear that too, son. I can even hear the way you feel by the sound of your step. More trouble? No, Mama, no trouble. But I'm going away to Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta's a big place. I'll be all right. I've got to find a job, Mama. Starting tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yeah. That's why I came in here, to say goodbye. <sighs> Promise you'll be a good boy, son. Please. Sure, Mama. Don't worry about me. I'll be fine. God bless you, Brady. Mama looked so sick lying there, I hated to leave. But maybe Atlanta had what I was looking for, though I didn't know myself what it was. I found a job, then quit and went to Sarasota with a guy I met. His uncle owned a cheap hotel and gave us a room to sleep in, so we didn't work at all for a while. 
We stole bread and milk from a milkman. Then I got a job with the railroad working on the track. One day, a cop showed up. Your name Brady Evans? Yeah, but I haven't done anything wrong. Didn't say you had. We had quite a time finding you, though. Seems like they tried Atlanta first. Then somebody told them you'd come to Sarasota. So they sent a telegram to us. Who's they? Your family. Here. If it's bad news, you'll need a ride to town. I'll take you. Mama. Not Mama. I lost my mother a few years back. So I know how you feel. I'm sorry. Folks, we'll get back to Brady's story in just a moment. But first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, Unshackled, we take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now the conclusion of the Brady Evans Classic. Mama had died, and I had no clothes to wear to her funeral, so my section foreman at the railroad gave me his son's shoes and a shirt to wear. He also gave me some money to get back home. I took the train to LaGrange, and my sister Hazel met me at the station. Brady! Hello, Hazel. We tried and tried to get word to you ever since Mama got real sick. I moved to Sarasota. Why didn't you tell us? Too busy working, I guess. Mama wanted you awful bad. She kept calling your name. She tried to hold out till you got here. She did? Then when she couldn't hold on any longer, she gave me a message for you. What message? She said, tell Brady the way of the cross leads home. And that's exactly what she said. The way of the cross leads home. I kept a hard front until the funeral. Then I broke up pretty bad. Afterward, I returned to Florida and paid the foreman the money he loaned me. Soon, I slipped back into the old life, only worse. A friend and I stole a car and drove to Alabama where we thought we could sell it. We were caught and I did 11 months before getting paroled. Then I went home to LaGrange. I heard you went to jail. What happened, Brady? Me and this guy borrowed a car and went for a ride. You mean stole a car? Yeah, whatever. 
Anyhow, we stopped at a gas station and a cop came and arrested my buddy. I was sitting in the car, so I got out and started walking away. What does my buddy do but yell, Brady, you gonna wait for me? So they arrested you too? Yeah. I sure was glad to get paroled. Well, if you stay out of trouble, you can stay here with me. Don't worry, Hazel. I will. I'm gonna look for a job right away. But finding a job was even harder than when I got out of the Navy with a bad discharge. Now I was a convicted felon and no one wanted to hire me. I stayed drunk most of the time on bootleg liquor. Is that you, Brady? Yeah, it's me, Hazel. Who else would it be? Well, try to be quiet when you come in. We have a girl living with us. A girl? Well, a young woman, really. Her name is Jetty May. Sorry about the noise. You're drunk, aren't you? What if I am? I don't want you coming in here drunk all hours of the night. It's my life. If I want to drink, I will. Hey, did you take some sheets and bedspreads from Jimmy's house? Why would I do that? Because you're not working, that's why. And you need money to buy liquor. And he's missing those things. Guess I'll always be suspect since I've been to prison. You can change if you want to, Brady. If not, you can leave. I had stolen those things from my brother's house to buy bootleg liquor, but I couldn't change. Didn't want to until I met Jetty May. I fell so in love with her that I wanted to change. Your sister told me all about you, Brady. Even how I went to jail? Yeah. Figures. She tell you to stay away from me? Yes, because you drink. And because I don't have a job. That too. I've been looking, Jetty May. I'd go back in the Navy, but they won't have me. Don't give up, Brady. God will help you if you ask him to. Mama used to say things like that. It's true. I love you, Jetty May. I want to marry you. Brady, don't say things you don't mean. No, I mean it. I never felt this way about anyone before in my life. Do you care about me? Yes, Brady. But how can you think about marriage when you don't even have a job? If I do get a job, will you marry me? Yes. If you do, I will. I tried another trick. I lied on the application and enlisted in the Army. They sent me to Fort Jackson in South Carolina, and I sent for Jetty May. She thought it would be great being a soldier's wife, and we married. We had only known each other a few months, but she didn't know me at all. It took the Army a few months to catch on to me. Hi, honey. Come see what I've been doing in the kitchen. What? Don't you notice? Notice what? New curtains. When I was little, I dreamed of having a home with new curtains in the kitchen for my husband. That's nice. Now for the real surprise. Guess what? What? The doctor says we're going to have a brand new recruit, and he's going to be mighty proud of his soldier daddy. No, he won't. Why do you say that? I won't be a soldier anymore. They found out about my Navy discharge, and they're letting me go. Undesirable. Until then, I always thought I could work my way out of most situations. 
but I was whipped and I knew it. Back in LaGrange, all I could do was work with Jetty May's father cutting pulpwood with a chainsaw and skidding logs with an old mule, and that didn't pay enough to keep us going. Nights, I was exhausted and hated to go home. I felt guilty and hopeless, so I stayed out late. I spent the money I had on cheap whiskey. One night, I stumbled home at daylight. Hello, Jetty Mae. Why aren't you in bed? Why aren't you in bed, Brady? Because I... I can't sleep anyway, that's why. What makes you think I can sleep? With you out drinking and getting into who knows what kind of trouble? What kind of man are you, anyway? Honey, Jetty Mae, please. I know when enough is enough, Brady. And this is enough. When something's all wrong, there's no use trying to make it work. What are you talking about? This. Here's the wedding ring you gave me. If it doesn't mean anything to you, I'm not going to wear it. Jetty Mae, wait! I've been waiting, Brady Evans. I've been waiting all night, and I'm not going to wait anymore. All my bad decisions, all my selfishness caved in on me. Once again, I didn't have any home or any hope. In all the world, there wasn't anyone that wanted me. Tell Brady, the way of the cross leads home. Mama. The way of the cross leads home. God, please help me. I don't know what to do. You're my only hope, Jesus. I don't deserve anything, God. I know that. But I'm asking you to forgive me for Jesus' sake. I believe he died on the cross for the likes of me. For losers like me. Please. Help me change. Right after that, our baby was born. A little girl. I felt better about myself, and one day while I was praying, I felt led to leave LaGrange and go north. So I borrowed some money and went to Detroit. When I couldn't find any work there, I went to Grand Rapids. Then I hitchhiked to Chicago. I hit town with just enough money to call Jetty May, collect. Hello, Brady. What are you doing in Chicago? Looking for work, Jetty May. I tried Detroit and Grand Rapids, but couldn't find anything in either town. I know some people in Chicago you can try. I hope it's close. I don't have any money for bus fare. I'll give you the address. As soon as I find work, will you and the baby come up here with me? As long as you're not drinking, Brady. I'm not. And you can thank God for that. He helped me quit, and I think he'll help me get a job so we can be together. I had never been to Chicago and didn't know where this place was that Jetty May told me about. But I started walking, and several miles later when I asked a policeman for directions, I was just three blocks away. God was looking out for me. I got a job with them, and soon I brought Jetty May and the baby to Chicago too. Listening to the radio one day, we discovered Unshackled, and we started listening every week. That was a good program. Shows you how important a dad is to a child. It's even more important to know Jesus. Yes. I want to raise our little girl to know the Lord. 
then we should start going to church. How do you know which one? There's so many. Did your family go to church? Not after Mom went blind. She prayed a lot, but we rarely went to church. I always knew there was a God, and I felt like he loved me. I wish I'd known him a lot sooner. I wouldn't have made so many stupid mistakes. I think God calls it sin, honey. I think I'll go visit that mission. Maybe they can help us find a church. I started going to Pacific Garden Mission almost every Saturday night to hear the preaching and testimonies. And God used those Bible teachers to help me grow in Christ. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God is love, never doubt that. But God is also just, a God of justice. And he cannot allow sin to enter heaven. So do not think that you can go to heaven just because you're trying to be good. Jesus said, none is good save one, that is God. The rest of us are sinners. James chapter 2 verse 10 says, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. You are guilty under the law, facing death. So God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die in your place. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Do you believe Christ died for your sins? Tell him so and thank him. Repent of your sins and ask him to come into your heart and life. Ask Jesus to be your Savior and Lord. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. How I love the testimony time at the mission, when others stood and told how Jesus had set them free. And one night, I stood and told them my story. The Lord has blessed me and my family so much. He's made our marriage strong, and he's given us a daughter to love and teach about Jesus. My mama was blind, but she saw and understood more than I did. All I can say is what she said, her last message to me, the way of the cross leads home. And it's true. The way of the cross leads home. God made it very simple for you to be saved, but it cost the Lord Jesus everything. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's what you have to do, listening friend. And you have to mean it. There is no special prayer. God looks on the heart and then begins a lifetime of submission to the Lord, living under his care and guidance. If you need help in making this crucial decision or 
you want to counsel with someone who's concerned about you, we encourage you to call 1-888-NEED-HIM. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast, and don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled In Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. The winner of the sweepstakes for the beautiful scripture plaque will be announced on our social media and an upcoming podcast. And keep an eye out for the following sweepstakes drawing, which will begin in the next couple weeks. This will be your opportunity again to enter and potentially win one of these beautiful reminders of God's Word. And next time... Hey, Willie, bring us a couple of beers, will you? Beer's all right with you. Sure, I'd like one. Hey, you old enough to be drinking? Do I look like a kid to you? You're no kid. Here's your beer. Rita Branton was on her own and passing as an adult while her schoolmates were still selling Girl Scout cookies. She set across the country to find better as a teenager, but discovered a world of chaos and tragedy. Let me go, Jim. Not a chance. You don't want to do this. Come on, Jim. Baby, baby, I love you. Don't do this, please. I'm begging. But when a friend intervened, she would find a haven she so desperately needed. Tell me you're not here to read from your Bible again. I want to make you a deal. If you listen to this, I promise I'll go away and never bother you again. Never? Fine. Don't miss this classic true story of Rita Branton. Coming soon on Unshackled. Heard in the classic true story of Brady Evans were Jeff Parker, Connie Foster, Angela Morris, Demetrius Troy, and Ed DiZallo. Original music, Don Badorf. Sound effects, Demetrius Troy. Sound assistant, Martin Robinson. Recording engineer, David Pierczynski. Audio engineer, Michael Kahn. Script, Kenitha Gabler and Jack O'Dell. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ.